at Jared. We know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. Welcome to the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast, presented by Fox DFS Firelines. Now, here are your hosts, Justin. Stefan Gilmore go to the Patriots. Now that Mike Gillis go to the Patriots, are they now just the farm club within their own division? Greg. He's one of these faux-leading women. So I guess not Angelina Jolie or Jennifer Anderson. It's some girl that I would see at the Circle Cat. That's kind of Alshon Jeffrey. And Ryan. There is absolutely no reason why O.J. Howard should be drafted before Cameron Great. What is up, Skull King Nation? Greg Talcott back with you for another day of our Round the League coverage, uh, continuing with the AFC and the NFC West. Uh, today we'll be talking about the San Francisco 49ers and the Los Angeles Chargers. It'll take a while to get used to saying that. Uh, let's start with the 49ers. Um, I see them as no better than a 2-4 to four win team. Uh, when you look at that roster this year, you have a, a whole lot of turnover there. Uh, new coaching staff, uh, you know, significant questions, obviously, at quarterback when, when Brian Hoyer is your starter. Um, you know, he's he's arguably better than what they had last year. Uh, but whether or not that's going to translate into a, a whole lot of difference as far as results um, is, is is highly unlikely. I mean, the, the supporting cast isn't great, but it's probably not necessarily terrible either. Uh, but I just I have a tough time seeing them winning more uh, than four games this year. Uh, from a fantasy football perspective, Hoyer is really never anybody that you're going to draft. Um, highly unlikely he's ever going to start a game for you. Uh, it's just there's always going to be somebody better to choose from on the waiver wire, more than likely than, than Brian Hoyer. Uh, now, they do have some players worth considering. I think um, you know two that are, are definitely going to be drafted in everybody's league. Uh, that starts with running back uh, in Carlos Hyde. Now, durability is, is a bit of a question mark obviously with Carlos Hyde given his running style uh, so you have to take that into consideration if you're going to draft him assuming he stays healthy and like I said I believe that the passing game isn't going to be improved this year versus last year then I think he is a thousand yard back and who, who's in line to get you know plus or minus eight touchdowns uh, so I think that Carlos Hyde would be uh, uh, running back two, maybe low end when you take in the, the injury factors. Uh, high end in a healthy year, if he could play the entire season, you know, he could end up as a, as a low end uh, RB1. Uh, but if you do take Carlos Hyde, and I'm not somebody who historically advocates handcuffs, uh, I would handcuff him uh, with rookie Joe Williams. Now, I think Williams 
uh, will will get playing time as it is uh, throughout the year. I think that the Niners have shown that they're they're pretty high on him and what he could bring to the offense. Uh, but I think if you're taking Hyde, you have to take Williams somewhere late in the draft. Uh, you know, just to to make sure that you are covered there because there is going to be productivity that comes out of the 49er backfield, uh, and it's fine to want to participate with it. But you know, you're you're kind of all or nothing uh, on it. So there is some risk when you when you go with the Niners running backs. Uh, at wide receiver, Pierre Garcon, uh, low end wide receiver three, uh, maybe, uh, you know, and certainly a wide receiver four. I think he is uh, obviously going to be the, the premier target uh, that Hoyer has. Uh, I do think that if he was able to uh, muster, you know, a thousand yards, you know, last year, that he could, you know, at least be in that range, you know, again this year. Uh, you're probably looking somewhere around, you know, 70 some odd 75 some odd receptions and you know the question with Carson is what is his yards per catch ultimately end up being uh you know and if if the Niners are able to open up the field enough for him to to be able to make plays and not get stuck with you know some you know 11 yard reception you know 11 yards of reception in which case you know the guy ends up being uh, a low-end wide receiver four if that ends up being the case you, you need to have uh, overall improvement in the Niners offense for this guy to really have any value to you he's not somebody who's likely to get necessarily a ton of touchdowns but I think you know certainly six touchdowns would be um, you know uh, possible with Garcon this year uh, you know I think Marquise Goodwin over at the number two uh, really probably he's certainly not draftable if you ask me um, I think there there are obviously far better options uh, and he might be one who's who's worth watching uh, on the waiver wire but I mean certainly probably not a high priority I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of guys who go well before he would I actually think Jeremy Curley who's going from a bad team to a bad team leaving the Jets for the Niners is in a better position than he would have been relatively uh, back in New York because, again, Hoyer being a, a better quarterback than anything the Jets are trotting out there uh, this year. So I think uh, Curley uh, certainly has the potential uh, playing in the slot uh, for, for fantasy owners to not take him in the draft but consider him as waiver wire pickup when you have guys on a bye, depending on the matchup. You know, he, he has proven to be, uh, you know, certainly very productive at times, and I think that he – certainly is going to be far more productive this year with the Niners uh, than what we saw last year for him. Uh, but overall, uh, like I said, the Niners, not a good football team. Generally, your best offs, you know, trying to avoid players coming off of bad teams. Uh, at least that's a rule I try to follow. Uh, you get too many of these guys from low-end teams, uh, you know, on your roster, and a lot of times the results are, are very underwhelming. Uh, over in the AFC, the Chargers, uh, I think they're going to do basically what the Chargers do, uh, which is operate around 500. I have them finishing the season at 9-7, and seven, so they're going to basically be relevant throughout the season, but I think ultimately they will be edged out by both Oakland and Kansas City. Uh, now, I think uh, when we look at the Chargers, uh, Philip Rivers is somebody who's going to be drafted basically in a lot of times. I mean, not all, not always. I, I guess he's borderline there, you know, if you're playing in a 10-team league. And I'm always talking about this, by the way, uh, from the perspective of a 10-team league PPR format. Okay, so obviously 12-team leagues in, in such, Philip Rivers is absolutely going to be drafted. In a 10-team league, you know, I see him as borderline. 
you know he's a, he's a very late round draft choice in a ten round in a uh, ten team league. Me personally, he's a coin to- toss with uh, uh, Eli Manning, who they've been linked since day one of their careers, and and will probably finish that way. Uh, I would go with Eli for a few different reasons. Uh, one of them is fewer injury issues and concerns uh, right now. Uh, with the Giants and Eli's supporting cast, and I think Eli has a far better uh, supporting cast at wide receiver uh, than what Phillip Rivers has uh, with the Chargers. Now, both quarterbacks have something in common. They are going to throw the ball a ton. They're both going to be over 4,000 yards. Uh, they're both going to be a threat for you know right around 30 touchdowns each season, and they both are going to turn the ball over a ton. So at the end of uh, you know, each season, I think the difference between these guys is, is basically minute. So you have to look at the supporting cast. And I think the supporting cast for the Giants is ultimately better. And uh, I think the Giants probably play uh, a more favorable schedule against uh, opposing defenses relative to, to what the Chargers might be seeing this season. So uh, for me, Phillip Rivers, again, somebody to consider kind of uh, late there in uh in your draft, if you're somebody who likes to take a quarterback, you know, with one of your final picks, certainly Philip Rivers will probably be right there in the mix for you to look at. Uh, the backfield, this is uh, my call right now. Um, it's how did you not see this bust coming? And that is Melvin Gordon. Uh, right now, if you look at fantasyfootballcalculator.com, uh, he is the number 10 overall pick, and I think the number five uh, running back. And there is just absolutely no way, no way that I would take Melvin Gordon that high. First of all, his yards per carry and durability have got to be significant questions, all right? So has yet to top four yards of carry. Last year was at 3.9. Hasn't played a full season. He's already listed with some kind of knee thing um, already in camp, so he's already on an injury report. You you have the loss of Forrest Lamp, um, you know the offensive lineman uh, that is certainly has the potential to negatively impact the running game. Uh, and so right now, I mean, you know, to say he's definitely going to be a bust is a risk. However, I think there's a bigger risk of taking him that high and anchoring your running back core around him. There's other players around there that I would take. Now, below him, they have ranked, again, on Fantasy Football Calculator, Devontae Freeman. I take Freeman over Gordon. Uh, DeMarco Murray, eh, I have my questions on him. Um, But arguably, if he were healthy, you could probably look at taking him uh, above uh, Melvin Gordon. I take Jordan Howard over Melvin Gordon without question. They have him ranked three spots lower. Uh, Jay Ajahi, I have my questions on. Todd Gurley, obviously, we know I don't like that guy. I arguably take Leonard Fournette uh, above Melvin Gordon uh, at this point, to be quite honest with you. Uh, so I'd either be looking wide receiver or something else uh, at that pick, and I generally would I would stay away from, from Melvin Gordon. Um, I, I just do not see uh, the value there. There is huge bust potential uh, with taking him this high in the draft. Elsewhere at wide receiver, uh, there's Keenan Allen, who, let's be honest, he had a great first year. Um, his next two years, even though there's there's injuries involved in there, um, you know, were, were okay. Uh, but what you do have is these consistent injury issues over the last uh, few years. And so uh, it's quite possible that this guy peaked as a rookie. And while he's still listed as the number one, 
for the Chargers, I I would not be looking to take him um, at that point. Uh, certainly, I think from a fantasy football perspective, uh, he would have to be a low-end, high-risk wide receiver too. I think I like him as a three, willing to take the risk there, but I wouldn't take him as one of my top two wide receivers. Uh, I just think there's too much risk. Uh, the same thing is true uh, on the other side of the ball with, uh, on the other side of the field rather, with uh, Mike Williams. Uh, I wouldn't have drafted Mike Williams in the first place uh, because you know he has a previous uh, severe knee injury. Here goes my dog, thank God is not gonna go nuts. Um, you know, so I, I think Mike Williams with the back problem here, uh, the jury is out on whether or not he's going to be able to play or, or not. Uh, I certainly wouldn't look to draft him. Somebody's going to take the risk on him. That's fine. Uh, but that risk I can't see is being somebody I'm penciling in as a weekly starter. It's a risk that I'm going to take with bench depth uh, and hope I get lucky uh, because I do think that he is incredibly talented. Uh, but I think the health issues are huge. And so if you look at the number one and the number two on the Chargers, arguably the most valuable pieces are the guys who are playing behind them. Uh, Travis Benjamin and, and Terrell Williams uh, at wide receiver, not necessarily guys that uh, you're going to look to draft. Uh, both are well under drafted to not drafted at all, uh, but guys who will be the very first to be flying off the waiver wires uh, at any sign of problems, uh, or if one of these guys uh, ends up not starting the season uh, and your draft hasn't taken place, then I do think that those guys end up becoming draftable. Uh, because Rivers, what's not going to stop is Rivers throwing the ball, right? You're, you're going to get the 4,000 yards, you're going to get the 30 touchdowns, you're going to get the 15-plus interceptions, uh, you know, with Rivers. So somebody's going to have to be catching those balls. Uh, I just, I feel better about the bench guys than I do the top two starters. Uh, at tight end, Antonio Gates, last couple of years he's been a little bit banged up, but still very productive when he is healthy uh, and out there. I, I I don't know, you know, necessarily that you see him, um, you know, being, he's certainly not going to be drafted high. He could be somebody who's taken late to not at all. Uh, there's a, certainly a lot of hype around Hunter Henry. Uh, so certainly I think at this point in his career, uh, entering his 15th season, uh, you know, certainly there can't be a lot of expectation uh, for overall production. I think plus or minus, you know, probably 600 yards would be the, the top. Uh, expectation I would have going into the year, but I do think that he has value as far as um, you know touchdowns. Still, uh, he's going to be a favorite target for Philip Rivers. So to say eight touchdowns uh, is certainly I think within play uh, for Antonio Gates, and that's you know about it. I mean Hunter Henry, you know certainly worth watching. Uh, if Gates isn't going to play, I think Hunter Henry certainly has a lot of value in somebody who, who ends up finding himself getting playing time, um, you know, this season for fantasy football owners, if there's any issues with Gates. If Gates stays healthy, I think it's very hard to go out and draft Hunter Henry, uh, and he has to be somebody that you just look for as a waiver wire pickup. And with that, that is all we have uh, for today. Tomorrow, um, all things being equal, depending on how I'm feeling at the end of a Friday, uh, we will uh, go ahead and conclude the coverage of the AFC uh, and the NFC West. And we will be talking about 
uh, Oakland, and we will be talking about the Seattle Seahawks. Have a good night, everybody. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues. Devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. At Jared, we know devotion isn't a once-a-year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted.